Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back. Today, I'm sitting down with the founder of High Point Dentistry, Vu Kong. A Michigan State alumnus with a me- mechanical engineering degree, Vu followed in the footsteps of his father and grandfather in pursuit of further education in dentistry. In 2009, he started High Point Dentistry in the state of Chicago. The Elgin branch quickly picked up a lot of attention for glowing reviews from clients, expanding with a second and third branch in Schaumburg and Palatine. Now, Vu is providing high-quality dentistry to the whole family to such a noteworthy degree that his company was listed on the 2020 Inc. 5000 for an excellent 73% growth over three years. High Point Dentistry is growing like crazy. So, Vu, my man, thank you for being here. Let's get right into it. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. And just to even edit that intro a little bit, you mentioned you're in the process of uh, actually having your fourth location. Is that right? Yeah, we made the acquisition uh, early July, no, January, January of this year. Congratulations, man. Just wanted to make the, make a note of that because I don't think our team knew that when we created that intro. Yeah, no problem. So tell me this. We, we mentioned just briefly uh, what we knew about you, that you followed mm-hmm. your, your father and grandfather into this kind of business. Uh, but from your own words, what's the origin story of this company? So, you know, just to give you a little background. So my family, you know, came originally from Cambodia. And if you know the history of the Southeast Asian countries, there was a civil war that broke out in Cambodia. And my, my dad, who was, you know, who was a dentist at the time, really didn't get to practice too long, um, maybe for a couple of years, but they had to go through all the trials and tribulation that was associated with that civil war. And luckily they were able to escape and escape to Thailand. And that was where I was born. I was born in a refugee camp in Thailand. Wow. And so we, uh, we were fortunate enough to be sponsored by a Catholic church to come to Michigan, to the United States. And, you know, typical immigrants, my parents, you know, did their thing, worked, you know, on jobs and eventually saved enough money to start a business. And they opened a restaurant out in Jackson, Michigan. And that was really my beginning journey of the business journey, just seeing how they ran the business. And, yeah. you know, I learned a lot about persistence and hard work. But at the same time, learned a lot of what not to do. And sure. so that was a very, that was like my intro to uh, the business aspect. And so, well, I'm you know, curious, but yeah. before, sorry to, to interrupt you, but I'm just so curious. Yeah. I don't want to forget this. That's such a unique upbringing with your, what your parents have went through with you being mm-hmm. born where you were in Thailand in a refugee camp and then getting transplanted here. How do you, th- as you look back, how do you think that shaped you? You know, I, I didn't really have to, you know, deal with what any of the things that my parents went through. And for me, I was fortunate. I came to the United States when I was one. And wow. Okay. Know, for me, you know, I, I didn't really have to deal with any of that, the things that they had to go through. But, you know, just seeing all the hard work that they did, you know, with the restaurant and, you know, to, to provide for our family and all the persistence and, and, you know, perseverance that was involved in that. I mean, yeah, yeah for sure. That definitely shaped my decisions. Um, to, to open my own business. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I was just so curious no, what, what kind of experience that was like. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're going back to that. You know, my high, my from middle school to high school. You know, working at the restaurant seven days a week, and you know, wow. You know, in high school and middle school, I I played sports just so I didn't have to go to work. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, I joke around now, like even now, um, every time I visit my my parents, and you know, I go back home. I visit my family, but at the same time, they still force me to go bust the tables and, you know, cash people out. And it, it is funny because I'll see people from high school and they're like, hey, Vu, how you doing? You know, I haven't seen you in a while. What are you doing? And, you know, I'm, well, I'm a dentist out in Chicago area, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But can I take your order? Oh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, so so it makes it keeps it humble. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hinting at. Like mm-hmm. what kind of a values, what kind of values even came from them? Right. Like yeah. as, as they were, it sounds like hard work and humility, some mm-hmm. of those kinds of things. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I mentioned before, I just learned a lot of things, what not to do, because, you know, I, growing up in that, you know, environment, I saw that even though they own their own business, the business really owned them because they were there 24, seven, seven days a week. And so that, that was a, a lot of, a lot of things, you know, when I, when I growing up, I saw that, and, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, I didn't hope for, for my future, you know, because even though they have a great business and they're still there and they're, 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 they have a great business. But for me, that was something I saw and I did not want for myself. Sure. So where do we go from there? Um, you know, go, you know, growing up, I didn't even know my dad was a dentist. That's funny. Cause I, you know, I, I pursued mechanical engineering and, you know, went to Michigan State, and it wasn't until my senior year I decided to change uh, fields. I did some inter- internships in mechanical engineering, and you know, saw what it was like, and you know, wasn't for me. And I wanted to own my own business, and, and mechanical engineering was a tough route to go to, to own your own business. And um, you know, I decided in the healthcare field that dentistry was a, a good avenue to do that. And what and, drew what drew you to to dentistry? You know, just being able to help people out and, you know, healthcare field, like I mentioned, I, you know, that's one of the, f- you know, few ones where you can actually have a, a lifestyle that you can enjoy and um, at the same time, you know, have the potential to own your own business. Mm. Well, it's cu- I'm curious that you mentioned it's one of the few ones that you can really have a good lifestyle you enjoy. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong, but at least the the rumor or the myth is that the in the dentistry practice, you know, there is a lot of, uh, I don't know the way to say it, but suicides or like mental health challenges. Is that true? Or is that just a myth? Like, you know, that I, I can, you know, there's a lot of stress involved in any type of business. And with dentistry, I think because you, you have to, you know, not only are, are you a provider, a dentist, but you also have the business side of it, you know, yeah. everything that we all have to go through as a business owners, HR, you know, marketing, employees. And on top of that, you may have to make sure that you provide the best care for your patients, you know, versus, you know, just, just doing, doing the dentistry is, is hard enough, but doing everything on top of that. Yeah. It's difficult. So, so you're full-time working in the business, just literally yeah. serving patients, but then you're also having to work on the business with all the mm-hmm. logistics of running it. That's, that's mm-hmm. that kind of compounded stress. Yeah. And I think that's a little unique, you know, but, you know, I, I guess that can be said of any trade, you know, you, sure. Any trade that you do, if you're a business owner, you, you on top of all the, the, the trade that you do, you have all the, the stress of, you know, owning a business and dealing with patients. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started out in dentistry, did you already have in your mind that you wanted to 
potentially scale and have multiple locations or did that mm-hmm. develop later? It was always in the back of my mind and I didn't really, you know, so I graduated with, you know, went to Chicago area, started a business. I had a partner at the time and, you know, I was fine. I was just on cruise control. I, and then for me, I, I we, we built a, a great practice and, you know, great reviews. Um, you know, we were a big part of the community and for me, Financially, I didn't really have any reason to, to scale and expand and really wasn't until, you know, 10 years into it, one of my first employees that we hired came up to me and said that she was going to quit. And I was shocked because, you know, she had been a great employee for some time and she wanted to leave because she was given the opportunity to do something more uh, in a position that we couldn't offer at our practice at that time. And for me, that was really the, the, the trigger point and the catalyst that made me decide, wow, you know, I'm not really providing enough for my employees. And my employees wanted to grow more than I did. Mm. And, you know, that, that hit me hard because, you know, it, it was it was like, man, I, I, that was really the reason why I decided to scale and expand because I wanted to offer those opportunities for my employees to grow and grow and advance within the company. And, and that was when, when I, you know, took that journey. And luckily that employee is still with me. She's our COO now. And, you know, so, we're, you know. No way. You were able yeah. to keep her? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. And that, that journey was really only started like three years ago. Wow. And, you know, we're, 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 we're where we are now because one of our core values now is to grow and invest in and advance our employees. Interesting. Okay, so I want to go back to something you said and one of the lessons that you learned, uh, maybe either consciously or subconsciously, maybe upon reflection from watching your parents. Uh, and that's idea, this idea of being self-employed versus mm-hmm. being a business owner. Yeah. And the first time I ever saw Robert Kiyosaki talk about the four income quadrants was the first time the light bulb went off for me that, oh, just because you own a business mm-hmm. might actually be more like someone who's self-employed, meaning – you're still trading time for dollars. Like the business isn't making money if you're not showing up and doing the dentistry work and et cetera, similar to your parents, right? Like if they're running a restaurant or something like that, you said the business was running them versus somewhat finding a way to move to that business owner quadrant where you have found leverage in the business and are able to have a good life and balance and it's operating in a sense without you. Um, Has that concept entered your mind have you played with that is that that part of 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 what you're building here yeah you know i think the hardest part of it all was just being able to delegate and trust your employees and you know we we as business owners we we rely on ourselves so much that sometimes we just don't realize that people can do it better than us Mm. and we have to be able to trust our employees and give them the tools to succeed with it you know, whatever we delegate to them. Yeah. And, you know, once I, I, I figured that out, that was really when we were able to, to scale at the rate that we we're scaling. Was it obvious? Like, did you have a moment where it was obvious that like, for what I'm trying to accomplish, I've got to figure out how to delegate? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. hundred percent, you know, and, 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 you know, in dentistry, same thing. When we bring on another doctor, for instance, when we decide to step away from the chair, it's very difficult for us to do that because 
we're, uh, you know, the service that we provide is very, you know, very high income level. So once we bring somebody in, our, our pay drops significantly. Yeah. It's not like we, when we bring somebody in, it's, oh, all of a sudden we're doing, we're making a lot more. When we bring another doctor in, our, 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 our income drops significantly. And I don't think a lot of dentists who, who try, who, who, who want to expand, understand that. Once you bring on the first doctor, you're going to have to start stepping away from the chair because we're high producers. Yep. And once that happens, our income drops. But we, yeah. we do that knowing that we're trading money for time. Yeah. So. Uh, just a quick thing. If you could keep the microphone from your shirt, it's making a lot of audio noises. Oh. Yes. You're good. Um, okay. So my question then is, what's the game plan? Like if you have to take a temporary, is it temporary, the, the cut? And, and pay, but it, over the long haul, the way you build the business, you are able to kind of, in a sense, recoup the money that you could make if you were just in the chair. How, do, how does that work as a business model? Sure. Yeah. Once we step away, we're able to do more on the marketing side and really just focus on our business rather than focusing, um, you know, in the business. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're able to do a lot more with our time. Bring um, more customers make, in, that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. And, you know, I think that's very important for, you know, all, all business owners just to, to take that time to focus on our business. And sometimes we just get so involved in the day-to-day that we just need that time to to grow the business. Yeah, I was talking to uh, one of our previous guests, George Brooks, and he was saying the same thing that in his, he, he does kind of like a, um, a digital agency that's working with user experience and that kind of stuff. And he said what he realized was at one point he and his co-founder were the bottlenecks in the business. Previous to that, they were the catalyst. Like they were the reason why they got to where they were. But yeah. then he was saying, oh man, we're actually the reason why it's not growing now. Like we have to replace ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get to that part and either don't know how or are afraid. And so I would love to see for you to maybe speak to that for a second because it's, it's more than just tactical. It also seems somewhat emotional that there's a fear involved that this is my baby and, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm empowering somebody else. And what if they don't do as well as me? Did you feel any of that kind of emotional trepidation during that season? Yeah. You know, for, since we're dentists, we're providers, we, we, there, there's a lot of emotional connection and personal connection to our, our patients and handing that off to somebody else. It, it, it it's almost like a leap of faith because we, we're not sure how you know, the dentist that comes in, the next dentist that comes in, if they're able to provide, you know, the best service for that patient as well. And, you know, luckily in our case, we've, we've got some great doctors that work for us and, you know, it's worked out really well. What's the key to doing that well? As you've done this, uh, you know, multiple times now with different locations and that kind of thing, what have you learned is, is the key to doing that well, to delegating well? Yeah, it's all the employees for sure. You know, just finding the right employees and having the right culture for them to to grow and advance in that culture. So, um, you know, one of the things that I, I never focused on was our core values and our mission, and you know, that's just so important when you grow because you're not in contact with all the employees all the time, and you lose some of that values that you know, in an individual basis, you're able to do that when you're small, but right. as you grow, you know, you're relying on other leaders in the company to, to drive that vision. Yeah. It's so important, right? Like early on it's organic and the culture is just kind of spread by osmosis because you're there. 
and they're mm-hmm. seeing the way that you behave and the decisions you make. But like you said, as you, as it grows bigger, you got to have some representatives, people that actually embody and represent those values. Right. Right. And that's, that's a great way of putting it. What was, if, if we look on the, or on the early side, maybe it's probably still true today, but when you first built a successful practice that was getting really great reviews and you're earning trust in the community and you're a service industry, right? Like you said, like I'm serving <laughs> these people. How, what was what, what were some of the keys you learned to doing having a service kind of uh, occupation and doing that well to really get uh, quality service and and lo- loyal customers and those kinds of things? Mm-hmm. I think part of that is just having the right systems in place, and mm. you know one of the things that we focus on is just having the right flow from patients when they call in, um, when they call in, you know what it's like when they they walk in to the first time coming in, you know, we, we give them a tour. We, we, we uh, introduce ourselves and we make sure that we, every patient experience is the same. And so we, we do a lot with, you know, on the financial side of making sure that whatever we planned is, you know, exactly what they're going to pay so that, that there's no surprises. Nobody wants to, to, you know, do something and, and realize that they owe more later on. And so, you know, our, our patient flow is, is very uh, systematized. And so that way everybody has a, the same experience when they walk through the door. Is, is a lot of that a differentiator between you and other maybe traditional dis- dental practices or just done, they're doing similar stuff. We just found a way to do it a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. I think we, we, we do a little bit better because my, my main thing is making sure as, as you know, my role now is just making sure that the employees have the best experience possible. And if that, if they're happy and if we provide them a good experience, then that translates down to the patients. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I'm all, I'm always curious at the role of the founder and how it changes in different seasons. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your role now in the company? What's the most important use of your time? Where, where do you feel like this is really my main value add at this point? Right now I'm still in the chair two days a week. Um, but my value add really right now is just focusing on growing the business and making sure that we expand um, at a rate where we're able to have those opportunities available for employees who want to grow. So, and you know, that that's really my value add right now is making sure that, um, you know, we continue to, to drive our vision and, and, and values and making sure that we're able to continue our expansion. Yeah. So with multiple locations, now even across state lines, how mm-hmm. do you kind of keep in contact or leader? What does leadership look like that spread out? Uh, it's, it's difficult, but, you know, we manage. We, we're, right now we're, we're really focusing on just having uh, monthly meetings, making sure that our, our leadership team gets together at least once a month. Um, but, you know, th- this first six months when, you know, we, we, we made the switch over to Texas, it's been a lot of traveling. And so making sure I still get the FaceTime with the employees and, and the leadership team. So, is the leadership team consist of like a leader at each of those branches or is there like a central team that's not really at a branch, but kind of o- um, assisting all the different branches? Mm-hmm. Right now we, we have our office managers, we have our doctors, and then we have our, our COO. And between those those team members, that's how we're able to you know manage our staff. And I think right now we're probably around fifty employees, over fifty employees. So 
it's uh, getting to the point where, you know, um, knowing everybody's name is getting a little bit more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Take me to that first acquisition. What was that like? There had to be a learning curve of how does this work? What do I do? What do I yeah. look for? What's the right you know, even place to buy? Like, what was that like for you with the first acquisition? Yeah. The first one, first office we did was a, a startup. And oh, okay. From we, you know, just doing the research demographics, finding where there was a need for dentistry and, um, you know, starting up was uh, a bit difficult because from the first day we opened our doors, we had zero patients and <laughs> <laughs> we had all these bills to pay and, um, you know, school loans. And, you know, I did this first, you know, a year after graduating dental school. And so there was a lot of things um, that I didn't know about business and, you know, dental office. And so um, it was a difficult time, but, you know, it, it was a fun time because it's exciting. And, you know, the first few, I think the first week we had like one patient and, wow. you know, continued to, to, you know, we had to figure out marketing, figure out how we can get visibility and, you know, cause dental school, they don't teach us anything about business. Sure. Yeah. You know, I imagine we're, we're just, <laughs> so it was just a big learning curve for, for, for me to, uh, to understand, you know, what it really took to, to own your own business. You know, I had all those tools, you know, from seeing how my parents did it. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, it was a, definitely a challenging time. Yeah. So what, how did you actually get the customers in the door? Like, what did you learn that actually worked to establish your presence in that community and actually start to attract customers in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was when we had to focus on, on marketing. You know, one of the things that worked well for us was just sending out mailers, you know, traditional mailers. Um, and that worked well for us, you know, as we evolved, you know, looking into the digital space, you know, Facebook ads, Google marketing, all that stuff that uh, we utilize now. Um, but yeah, during the first year that we opened, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> Man, was that a mixture of scary and exciting or just exciting? Yeah, I was just, you know, when you're, when you're young, everything's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have as much on the line at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. so were the other locations also startups or did you have some acquisitions? Mm -hmm. The second and third ones were acquisitions and uh, the fourth one, I'm sorry, the second and third one were startup and the fourth one was an acquisition. Gotcha. So, the most recent one. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what made you decide to do that versus doing another startup? You know, since we were going into a different market, um, you know, just to allow us to get a footprint in the market um, easily, uh, I thought the acquisition side was the best route. And, you know, there's some challenges involved in that too, because you're buying a, a practice where, you know, this case is, had been around for almost 40 years, a great practice, great doctor, and you have a new person stepping in there. Um, you know, it, it's some challenging. I was going in there expecting that we were going to, you know, lose half the staff um, because, you change. know, different yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily everybody is still there. So. That's awesome. Yeah. What have you noticed has been key to connecting with that staff as the new leader? Mm -hmm. You know, being transparent, um, you know, being transparent of what our goals and visions are, what, what we plan to change, what we, plan, what we plan not to change. And, you know, the first day we went in there, we had a meeting with all the staff and we met, sat down with them individually to talk about what are the things that they're worried about. 
um, and what, what things that they would like to see change when we come in. And I thought that was really helpful. And we, we also got together as a team to, to, to go over what, what we're all about. And I think that really helped them see what we're truly about rather yeah, than just yeah. jumping in there and making all these changes. And which typically happens when you acquire a dental practice, people just you know, walk out the door because they're not used to, you know, the 40 years that practice has been there, um, you know, making all these changes all at once real scare everybody off. And so we decided to just be transparent with them. We set uh, a monthly item that we would change every month. And so everybody, so throughout the whole year, everybody knows what to, what we're going to change. That's so smart, man. I remember somebody talk, talking about this once and they said, taking over a new company, any kind of big culture change, it's mm-hmm. kind of like doing a U, like it's almost like doing a U-turn on a highway, but it, the highway is covered in ice. And so he said, <laughs> if you gun it and you try to turn too fast, the car is going to slide off and end up in the ditch. And so uh-huh. he's like, you just got to do a slow methodical turn <laughs> as you slowly steer the, the, cause you want everybody on board, right? It's like, yeah. we want to keep traction cause there were some things that were going well. We don't want to lose that traction. Mm-hmm. We're also heading in some new directions. And that sounds like what you're doing with that slow rollout of, of a few changes at a time. Is that right? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is a slippery turn. Yeah. You, you want to kind of take it with caution, but I think once you make it out of that turn, then it's smooth sailing. So as long as everybody is aware of, you know, your, your mission and values and everything is transparent, then, um, you know, luckily it's worked out well for us. Yeah. Okay. So you've gone from being a dentist, a trained dentist to mm-hmm. now through life experience, a life MBA, you are a business <laughs> owner, right? Uh-huh. Um, what, when you look back at the journey of a business owner, not necessarily the journey of a, as a dentist, what were some of the most important lessons that you've had to learn along the way as you've grown and evolved as that owner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things, you know, looking back, like I had mentioned, just being able to um, take that time off to, to really focus on the business. Because one of the things that I, I did, you know, when I, when I embarked on this journey was, you know, uh, I sent up for strategic coach and, you know, that really kind of opened my eyes to, to realize that, you know, it, it's not all about, you know, producing, producing, and, you know, in the business all the time, you really have to take that time off to just recharge and, you know, just think. Yeah. And that, that's so important. You know, we, we're, we're always as business owners, we're always go, 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 go. And, you know, sometimes we just have to stop take a moment to figure out what we, we want to do. Yeah. Tell me about that. The decision to hire a strategic coach, where did that come from? What point of the business, like how, how long into it were you and what did that time with that coach look like? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, uh, you know, it was just like a quarterly meeting uh, that we had. Um, but I mean, I definitely think that was well worth it because um, you know, at that time we were, we were, it was still, we, were, we still only had one office. Okay. And that was right around that time, you know, when that employee came to me and decided, you know, that was time for her. So it really was kind of uh, everything kind of coincided with each other. And um, yeah, that was, that was a big, big moment for me because that really opened the door to other things as well. So once, yeah. once you realize you, you take the time off, you're able to do more research, you're able to focus on the business and, and, 
you know, it, it's counterintuitive sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But, Have you found any structure that you like that kind of supports when, when you're trying to work on the business? So when you're not, when you're not working in it and you're like, I'm setting aside a day, a week, uh, an afternoon to work on the business. Do you have any kind of structure that helps you or does it just kind of free flow and thinking time? Yeah. If it's free flow and thinking time, I wish, I wish I had a structure with it, but you know, everything's, you know, changing so fast that you, sure. you figure out one thing and then, you know, yeah, all this other tasks to do. And yeah, but yeah, just mainly just taking that time to really sit down with a pen and paper and hash out, you know, the vision. Is it the same time every week or does it just kind of change on the, on your schedule and availability? How does that work? Yeah. yeah same time every week. Yeah. Try to make when it is, consistent. When is that? You know, it's, it's Fridays. Fridays for me is that time. So, you know, it's, it's been, been consistent and, you know, just knowing that, that you have that time, you know, allows you to plan for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard at first, right? Like <laughs> you feel like you're giving up something urgent for something that's, not urgent, but is important. Mm -hmm. And it feels hard at first, but once you get it, like you said, it's counterintuitive. You start to see the results and, and realize, man, this needs to be a budgeted time that I mm -hmm. consistently take. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found <laughs> any other, uh, whether personal habits or professional habits have been particularly impactful for you over the last several years? Could be personal, like, man, I got to really take care of myself mentally physically emotionally to have the energy and the you know the resilience to show up to work or i've got to balance things or i found that learning is huge for me uh just some examples of uh any particular habits you found that have been really helpful for you just making sure that you plan out the year that that's really been helpful for me and you know once you set that time once you schedule everything in um it just makes it a lot easier because we all procrastinate and once it's scheduled once you have that whole year scheduled, um, you, you know what you, 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 you make time to do the things that you know that's necessary to, to grow and develop as a leader. Um, and so just scheduling out that time really makes it so much easier. And, you know, yeah. one of the things for us is just, you know, as dentists or, or leaders is just making sure that you, you advance your training. And, you know, one of the things that I always do is just try to schedule you know, some, some learning time, whether it's a seminar with dentistry or a business seminar, just so you can kind of just refresh your eyes and get a new perspective on, on everything. Yeah. What does that look like for you guys, for you or, or, or your team, maybe when you're planning for the year, what kinds of things are you planning for? You know, in the business side, it's more about expanding, you know, when, when's a good time to add a provider? When's a good time? When do we have enough patients to add a hygienist? When do we have enough patients to add a doctor? So that, that's really, you know, looking at the, 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 the numbers, the, the, the patient load, and just figuring out where we need to be at a certain time frame. So that, that's really on the business side that we're, we're focused on is um, just diving into those numbers. Gotcha. Trying um, to forecast as much as you can. Yeah, which, you know, it's tough when you get thrown, you know, get thrown with COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Things you oh. can't unplan for. So yes, yeah. So, yeah, the black swan events like that really yeah. embarrass all of our well-laid plans, don't they? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. How did you? I'm curious. How did you guys? Fit, like, how did y'all survive as a business through through that time? As we, as you just mentioned, I think dentistry as a whole is back to normal. For us, it was really uh, different per office. 
you know, some of our more established offices were able to pick up pretty fast uh, once everything reopened. You know, some of our newer newer offices didn't really have that patient base to, um, you know, pick up right away. Um, it did affect, you know, uh, overall, but we came back even stronger. Uh, wow. You know, I still I still think we're, you know, we're up, you know, 20, 30%, uh, you know, from the previous years, um, you know, and, you know, 2020, we were seeing this, um, well, we added some businesses. So we grew, you know, even, even in 2020. So, um, what do but, you attribute that to? You know, just the team. I wish I could give myself credit, but you know, it, it's really is the team that, that, that we're able to, you know, for us, we, the dental industry lost a lot of, um, you know, I, I'm sure everybody's going through this right now staffing issues. Yeah. I think it was, you know, the ADA said something about, um, you know, 10% of the dental hygienist workforce just left. Mm. And some of the, the, uh, the newer graduates aren't graduating on time because of the shutdown. So, you know, finding the workforce, um, post COVID is really the, 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 especially when we're trying to, to grow and scale is really the hard part right now. Yeah. I'm hearing that from these interviews across the board, especially in, in, hourly jobs, service industries, uh, production, warehouse, that kind of stuff. It seems to be everyone's kind of biggest challenge right now. Yeah. We're, we're all competing with the government right now. Yep. Yeah, man. Have you guys seen that tide change at all or does it seem to be the same right now? That challenge. Yeah. That challenge I think is going to be with us for a few months you know, until things start to, to level out. But, um, you know, we, we're, we're, Right now, we're just, you know, trying to figure things out like everybody else. And, yeah. You know, making sure that we focus on the, the current employees that we have. Yeah. As a business owner, what's, the, what's the, the, the most pressing challenge right now? Like if I figure this out, whether it's leadership or culture or like if I figure this out, this is really going to help keep propelling us to, to what I see is next. What is that challenge right now? Mm-hmm. For me, it would be leadership. A hundred percent because, you know, for me, I, I was always the type that did, didn't want that, that role, you know, and, and you know, growing up, you know, to, just never, never appeased to me <laughs> being a leader. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things that my, these past three years is just focusing on that leadership skill. You know, I think once I figure that out, which I definitely have not, I think, you know, being able to support my, my team members and make sure that they're in a safe environment and making sure that they, they have, that I'm supporting them is really, uh, I think that's one of the things that I personally have to work on. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I think that's, that's the challenge for all of us is as our business grows, mm-hmm. so does the need for us to grow increase, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I've seen it with my kids already. Like what they needed is, infants is different than what they needed as toddlers what they needed as toddlers is different what they need now (laughs) in elementary school you know i'm like wow i've got to keep growing as a parent to keep responding to the needs of this child and it feels similar in business like what the business needed from you five years ago is different than what it needs from you today and so there's that ever-growing learning curve yeah no uh, that's a great analogy and i feel like i'm still still in the infancy stage of my leadership skills we all are (laughs) i think that's how it feels it always is because it's always, it's always bringing out something new in you where you're always like, oh. yeah. and I think it's why I really embrace and love that idea of more from like Eastern philosophy of, of the beginner's mind where, where we sometimes 
I think can get ourselves in trouble in the West is we all try to have experts egos, right? Like I need to act like, and feel like I know it all. And that I, man, I stopped growing years ago and I'm like, that's the death of you. You know, like <laughs> we need to have a humility where we're always learning, always feeling yes. like we can learn from anyone and anything. And so I think that's just right on par, man. I think we all feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Even as providers and doctors and dentists, you know, we sometimes we have that mentality where we don't, we're the, we're the smartest one in the room, which in fact, we're not. <laughs> yeah. We're not yeah. at all. All right. I got to ask this because I got a dentist here. Not, yeah. not, not like check out my teeth right now on the camera. Uh, I'm just curious if, if there's any um, hilarious misinformation out there in your world that you see on social media or TikTok could be teeth whitening. Like I, I see all these people putting like charcoal toothpaste on their mouth or like, is there anything that drives you nuts as a dentist that you're like, guys, it doesn't work like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess the charcoal stuff, we saw that. We, we would see patients that would use that the charcoal and then yeah. they, they come in from cleanings and they have all this stuff that's just in their gums, this black chunks of charcoal that's stuck in there and it causes yeah. issues with their gums. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Definitely a lot of misinformation <laughs> out there. So. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I see new trends every time. Like, guys, if you go outside and you grab this leaf off your tree and you rub it <laughs> on your teeth, and I'm like, there's no way this is true, right? <laughs> 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 oh that's um, awesome yeah. okay uh man well let's this has been fun let's get to the lightning round questions and i'll let you get back to your friday all we right five questions for you vu that we have asked every founder on here mm -hmm. question number one if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization what would it be for, for my organization I, I would believe that you know everybody has that opportunity to to grow and advance in their organization they should never feel like they're stuck in, in whatever they're doing and you know that's really what we're all about is making sure that if, if somebody wants it you know they have the opportunity to to do it we want to be able to offer that uh, the american dream in the workforce that <laughs> yeah. anything is possible and if, if they just choose to to if they feel stuck in their 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 position or whatever it is that they have the opportunity to create a new position. Love it. Uh, all right. Question number two, what is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And also what was the worst? You know, I think probably the worst advice is just, you know, playing it safe, being conservative. Um, there, there's, there, there's a time when that's good, but you know, when you're trying to, um, you know, really grow a business, that's the wrong way to think about it. And, I would say the best advice is just go big. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Man. Think bigger than what you, you're used to. And you know, that that's really it. You know, we're, I was thinking sometimes... about that. I'm so sorry to cut you off. Continue. No, no. I mean, it's just funny when you write down these goals and visions, like, you know, you look back into them and you, you hit these goals and you're, you, you think to yourself, what if I thought bigger? Mm, that's so true, man. I was literally thinking about this the other day that it seems like this is a generalization. So that's what, just in, in general, it seems like that life is kinder to risk takers than to the risk averse. Now, there's a time and a place, like you said, for everything. We're like, man, we're crossing the street with the kids. We need to look both ways. We need to be cautious. You know, uh, we need to think strategically around what we're doing. But overall, as an approach to life, it seems like life kind of plays better with those that have a little bit higher risk tolerance. Have you seen the same thing? Yeah, you know, it, sometimes you, you know, when you're younger and you, you're, you're thinking the name, what this guy has some balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, he's never going to do it. But just 
that I think just having that, you know, that that drive and that that, that uh, you know tenacity to even think that like that, that that I think that's really what separates the real yeah. winners. Yeah. yeah, I remember my wife challenged me one time where we we had our uh, my first kind of career dream, and I was just man, but what if this happens and what if this doesn't go this way and what if this doesn't work? And I remember she stopped me one time. She goes, you keep asking, what if it doesn't? Have you even stopped to ask, what if it does? And I was like, no. Like every question I had in my head was around worst case scenarios. And she was like, let's just play for a second with what if it does work? What if it does succeed? And I was like, well, hey, sweetheart, that's a great, that's a great question. <laughs> and it propelled me to take that chance. And it also led me to better thinking and better, you know, asking better questions and that kind of thing. But I'd never considered what if it does, we always ask, what if it doesn't, does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, my friend, question number three, what currently causes you the most stress or worry leading your organization? Um, you know, I think the biggest stress is just me not able to support my team members. Yeah. I, Sometimes, you know, if, if I feel like, you know, I'm not supporting, supporting them the way I should be, that's really my biggest stress. Mm. Totally makes sense. All right. And how about your BHAG for the business, your big, hairy, audacious goal? Where's this whole thing going? <laughs> you know, just being able to build an organization that will outlast me. You know, it, we, won't, we won't be on this earth forever. And if I can build something that's going to outlast me, then I, I think that's really a good goal to have. I love that. Absolutely. That legacy piece, right? Yes. Killer. All right. And then question number five is our fun, creative question. It's, it's almost like a, a Rorschach test. You take it however you want. If you could hop into a DeLorean and you get to go back to your past, but you can only tell yourself one thing out the driver's side window as you drive by, when would you go back and what would you tell that younger version of yourself? <laughs> I would have to go back to the original question. Just, Thinking bigger. Yeah. Just, was there a, just was there a particular time in your life you wish you had had that in your brain? I don't think there's a early enough time that could be in the, implanted in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, just go big because we're only here for a short period of time and we got to, we got to, we got to think big. So perfect. Beautiful message for us and, and our audience to end on. I feel inspired. <laughs> uh, so Vu, thank you, man, for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and your tips with us. This has been a great, uh, a great interview and I'm so excited to have you on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I hope I added some value to your listeners. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you. Founders. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.